Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I got a Again, with your, Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, tell your own podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Today on the show, we have Joe Roop from Lighting the Void and Fringe FM. My co-host Jay is here. My co-host Chris is here. Chris really took over in this interview. Chris, I'm sure you are going to go check out Joe uh, Joe's podcast now, won't you? Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, and I, you know, I didn't really want to step on your toes too much, so I tried to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> no, you did fine. You did fine. I loved it. I think this was a great interview. You asked some cool questions. I got a chance to ask some questions, and even Jay got to ask a question. Look at that. Kind of. So stick around for the end when we take a call from Ron from New England. Ooh, fun. So enjoy the interview with Joe Roop. Stick around for the call with Ron from New England. Have a great time listening to this episode. Okay. I love you. I really love all of you guys who are listening to this show. You make my dreams come true. <laughs> who, who, who's willing to accept the phone call at 9.30 p.m.? My sister. <laughs> all right, let's see. My, my family thinks I'm crazy. This is my actual family. Let's see what happens. <laughs> It's like, why the fuck is Mark calling me right now? Hello? Rachel, welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Do you know you're being recorded right now on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast? <laughs> well, now I do that. You told me. What's if up? you don't, now you do. Hey. How are you? I'm really good. I got out of work at like an hour two ago i'm just heading back rachel you're on the air millions of people are listening we have one question for you how crazy is your brother do you think i'm crazy i think you're the perfect amount of crazy oh my god you heard it here first folks rachel doesn't think i'm crazy what a lovely sibling rachel i said the perfect amount of crazy you said you're you have you are crazy mark yeah but not because, to be honest with you, I, as your sister, I feel like I'm a little bit crazy, but I embrace Uh-oh. the crazy in a good way. So I'm saying 
for ah, you. It's the same sort yeah. of way. So what you're saying is that our whole family is crazy. <laughs> Definitely. Oh That's my. A fact. Oh my goodness, Rachel. I love you. Get home safe. Thanks for taking the call. We'll talk soon. No problem. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye, Bye. world. All right. Well, that was my <laughs> sister, folks. some energetic exercises that you can do to feel your astral body. Once you get into the astral realms, straight into the vortex, there's a structured way to ascend your lunar body and your astral body. You're gonna see like, it's kind of chaotic. People talk about the collective unconscious or whatever. This place is where all our minds are connected. This is the one place where you can actually turn into a ghost and interact with somebody else's astral body. The second I said that, these two kind of like, and it, it happened so fast, it was like these two little blobby figures that were dark, they just pushed me back in my body real quick and I woke up. And I sat up for a minute, I'm thinking, what the hell was that? It was either like some kind of figures that didn't want me to get out or something that was preventing me. the host of Lighting the Void. You know him from the Union of the Unwanted and his past appearance on Tinfall Hat. Joe, how are you, my friend? What's up, brother? Can you hear me? We can hear you. We are recording. Cool. We are not live. Okay, cool. I was just going to make sure we, like, is this, all, is this going to be on video too, by the way? No, sir, unless folks are willing to sign up for our Patreon. Oh, okay, gotcha. Cool. Well, then we're good to go, right? Excellent. So I, I'm. This is kind of like a, a spur thing, but I, yeah, it's cool. I want to come on your show, man. I love talking to you. Welcome to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, Joe. So we're here. We're here now in the now. What's going on in your world? I know you said you were in transition recently. Have you settled into a new place? You still at the old place? No, What's going on? no, I'm still at the old place. I, I'm moving this weekend. That's the plan anyway, is to move to Sedona, Arizona and work. Yeah, straight into the vortex and then like kind of make the station. That's the home base for now. But hopefully we're, we're going to have home bases all over the place. All right. Well, shit, man, let's jump right into it. Because if folks don't know some of the things you're talking about on lighting the void. Are... Hold on. What's that, Jay? No, you can. What are we holding for, Jay? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is do you hear this, folks? This co-host over here. Just, I'm on a roll. All right, let's start over. We're going to do the whole recording over. Joe Roop, how are you? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so tell us a little bit about Lighting the Void, Joe. Well, I mean, Lighting the Void started five or probably about, it started around 2016, and then I kind of like, I did this podcast called White Trash Guru, and it like, it was a flop. I thought it would be cool. But then I got into spirituality and stuff, and yeah, and I just thought, Hmm. This is cool. Got into the occult. 
And when I got into the occult, I, I was going through some hard stuff, right? Which a lot of people do because you, you feel kind of powerless. But I think at the times in our life when we feel powerless is when we find our power. And uh, I was listening to Art Bell and I thought it was the coolest show ever. Like it kept me company every single night. And then when he went off the air, I had only been podcasting for a little bit, but I decided to just do it live. So I do a live radio show five nights a week. And now it's kind of syndicating with terrestrial too. And then started the fringe FM shortly after that. So. So part of that, what you just said really sticks with me and where I'm at right now is that feeling of like, you know, we find these points of power when we're at our low points, when we're in a low place, people, you always hear, you know, you got to hit rock bottom before you really succeed. But when it comes to the occult, I think so many people don't even realize that these tools are available to them until they're pushed to that brink of, you know, seeking that out. So when you made that shift, what were some of the first things you did to gain that power back, Joe? Well, some of the first things I did was I got into the out-of-body experience first, right? At the time, man, I I was so intrigued with the out-of-body experience after listening to Robert Monroe that I was kind of in between this place where I was studying magic and the occult. And I'm talking about ceremonial magic, not like chaos magic, or that's where I got started because I wanted to tap into my higher self and kind of learn the old school ways. Right. So, so I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think how it got started. So it got started that way. And then I got into the out of body experience after hearing that stuff on Art Bell's program. And I got, Robert Monroe's stuff. And I thought, man, this guy's full of crap. There's no way he's having these kind of -of out-of-body experiences that he's talking about, right? Like, surely not. But the more I kept listening to listening to it, I was like, man, he he's convincing me because he's taking this like scientific approach, this approach to where he don't even believe it's happening to himself. He thought he was going crazy or whatever. So I got into it that way. Let's get into out-of-body experiences. So I, I feel like that's something that maybe I've not been able to experience. I have tried to do the lucid dreaming thing. What would be something that we can take from an out-of-body experience and build ourselves up? Like, how does that empower you? Oh, cool. Yeah. So once you get into the astral realms, you're going to see like, it's kind of chaotic, right? Because the astral realm is the place where if, when you listen to people like Carl Jung or any, any people talk about the collective unconscious or whatever, this place is where all our minds are connected. This is the one place where you could actually turn into a ghost and interact with somebody else's astral body. Then they wake up the next day and they don't even remember talking to you. So it's like, pretty crazy right to think about that so when you go into this place it's kind of chaotic so the reason why i like magic and the golden dawn is because there's a structured way to ascend your lunar body and your astral body through this stuff there's a way uh, to develop yourself in the astral realm and in the secret societies especially like the golden dawn i wouldn't say not so much masonry but for sure the golden dawn and uh, a lot of gnostic ceremonies that you do all of the symbols and all of the stuff that you see are exoteric 
And these symbols and these things are preparing you for some of the things that you're going to see in the astral realm, whether it's entities, whether it's states of emotional being, whether it's colors, and you'll learn in magic uh, what you can do to test these things as you're traveling to the astral realm, right? And the Egyptians knew about this stuff too, so it goes way back. Jay, Chris, you guys have any questions? I know this is probably all new to you guys uh, for the most it is part. Completely yeah, new. have you, like, since you've been uh, studying this sort of thing, have you ever experienced anything yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I, when I had my first out-of-body experience, I was, I was listening to Robert Monroe. I was going through the uh, his Gateway Experience program, but I was also listening to William Buhlman. And so I started learning these wake-back-to-sleep techniques and all these different techniques that I could do to first get into this vibratory state and keep my body asleep while my mind was awake. And at that point, while you're still conscious and aware, you had to kind of like peel yourself out of the body, right? That was the idea. So I tried it over and over and over and over again. And some nights I would just wake up and be like, okay, it didn't work. And then I had, I had a couple of false awakenings where you think you're awake, but you're not. And it just keeps happening over and over again. And then one night I just did it like perfectly. It's hard to explain. Uh, I got the vibrations and the humming in my body and I was like, okay, I'm just going to chill and I'm going to let it kind of relax a little bit. And then I've just peeled myself up and kind of wheeled over and put my feet on the floor only from the couch and stood up and I was like, damn, you know, it didn't work again. And nothing felt different. Nothing that what I'd done before. And I turned around and there I am sprawled on the couch, just this mouth wide open and I'm, you know, I'm looking at myself. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I did it. And I couldn't, I knew I had to get away from my body as quick as possible because that's what I studied. Like, if you stay there, you're just going to get back in. So I immediately went outside just from the books I studied with Samael on the orb about dream yoga. I started flying around because it's like, it's not even flying. It's like, if you looked at something, you could pull yourself towards it, so to speak. And dude, I remember all of it. It was not a dream. And so when people tell me like, well, I think I had an out-of-body experience. I don't know. I'm like, you probably did and your dream world got mixed up with it, but I was definitely local. I was like Patrick Swayze on Ghost at that point, you know, <laughs> for so, real. So since you were able to do that, was it, it, has it been difficult to get in that state? Like, is it always difficult to do it? It or is because do it on command, you know what I mean? It has been for me because I get I'm like this ADD dude. I get so scatterbrained. If I would have stayed focused on that and just like left the world for a little bit, I would have probably done okay, but I didn't. So I I started trying to do it again and I did it like a week after that and I had like these shadowy things. This was the craziest thing by the way that ever I think out of all my experiences that happened to me was I was laying on the same couch and I was trying to get out and I was stuck from the waist down and I could feel like this barrier not letting me get out, but I could feel the different bodies again, you know? And I said, Oh, I'm just going to do like this commandment thing that Frederick Xavier from mind and magic talks about. So I was like, you know, I demand you to, to, to let me out by light and life. And I just said that for no reason at all i don't know why i said it and i swear to god i sounded like james earl jones times 10 it didn't even sound like my voice and the second i said that these two kind of like and it 
it happened so fast. It was like these two little blobby figures that were dark. They just pushed me back in my body real quick. And I woke up and I sat up for a minute and I'm thinking, what the hell was that? It was either like some kind of figures that didn't want me to get out or something that was preventing me. I, to this day, I still think it was something that was like, no, he's not ready for this because he's overzealous, right? Like he's got some work to do. I'm going to throw him back in. Or it was just some weird entities that just pushed me back in. You know, I don't know. Wait, so when you're out there in the astral plane, when you're done doing whatever you want to do, do you have to, you know, go all the way back to where you were? like lying on the couch or you can you can dive back in your body if you want i mean but <laughs> most of the time you can just wake up it's weird you can just be like i want to be back in my body and you'll wake up or oh. especially if you like you got to pee or or something like that you'll right. feel it you know and you got to wake up but after that dude i got to this place where i would i was doing these techniques and i remember one night it was like my feet lifted up but my head was anchored down still and I could feel my feet lifting up. It's so crazy. I could feel my feet lifting up, but, but my head was still anchored down on the bed and my ears started to swell. Like they're about to pop like you're in deep water or something. And I, I kept having those experiences. But every now and then I would get out of body, but I just didn't, I couldn't go very far because this is all about your energetic body. It's something that you have to practice. And there are people that I would, I would say, in my opinion, that are in the perfect type of energetic shape for this. And I don't mean physical shape. I mean, they're just really in tune with their energetic self and they can do this all day long. I, I used to not believe in that. Like, no way. You know, this is way too hard. But then there are other people like me that, you know, like I probably should eat better, get in better shape and meditate more and stuff. And do. there's some energetic exercises that you can do to feel your astral body. And eventually I'd get there, you know, but I am not like Robert Monroe because these things were happening to him just spontaneously. Like he was doing it every night, you know, that's where I want to get to. Right. Right. Now, so do you think diet has something to do with it? Do you think there is a, a nutritional component to be able, being able to do this with uh, sufficient energy and consistently? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you don't get enough sleep, number one, sleep is the biggest thing. And then secondly, I would say it is diet. Like it's really all about how you feel when you go, when you lay down to relax. Cause people, the way I do it is, you know, during sleep time, but some people can meditate and do it. So if you're getting enough sleep, if you have a balanced diet enough, or you're just, you feel these pretty good, you know, you're not tired, you're not low energy, you could probably pull it off. You could pull it off, you know? So yeah, I would say health definitely affects it, but I'm not saying that you can't do it if you're in bad health. Cause people, people have been sick and have had out of body experiences, but that could be because, you know, their body's starting to release them a little bit too. So I don't know. Yeah, no, there are, I mean, going back through history, a lot of people who are considered geniuses or very insightful, cite a, a, an occasion where they had like a fever or some sort of ailment that left them bedridden and they have this profound vision you know in their bed i can remember that being a theme in my research of like this kind of 
divine inspiration that occurs during dreams, especially with people who invent things. Nikola Tesla spoke about this. Albert Einstein kind of had his metaphorical way of thinking through these complex things. But yeah. there's a deep component to our dreams. I feel like I need to go deeper. I need to master my dreams. Well, I could tell you that doing practicing magic, I think triggered that for me because at the time I was also doing like as a ceremonial magician, you have to do your temple work daily without question. And I was totally like into it. Didn't matter if you're sick, whatever, every day you got to do your rituals, you know, and, and that's why they're called rituals. And I did them every single day. And I feel like that in itself kind of built up my energetic body and and allowed me to do this too but there there is something there that's that keeps me from going too far out and i really think especially after i did this uh, dmt thing the other week because i did dmt for the first time last week which was cool there's something about like when we give in to astonishment or when we get like amazed about something instead of just going with it, staying relaxed and being curious, that pulls us back into the body. It's almost like the same thing as doubt when you start doubting things because it's so fantastic. It keeps you from going where you need to go, if that makes any sense. Kind of. How was your DMT experience? Man, I, I was a little disappointing because... <laughs> We were fumbling around like idiots because it was our first time and we got this dab machine that cooked this stuff way too hot, number one. And so we used half of what we had trying to figure that crap out first. And then the second, towards the end, when once we figured out how to really do it, I got the worst of it. Like the, I had so much smoke in me, it was coming out of my kidneys. And they were like, hold it, hold it, hold it. And I just, I couldn't. It was so freaking harsh, man. Like I couldn't hold it. And I remember when I blew it out, like the room just went, you know, like the air got sucked out of the room kind of right. And then my body just felt like I didn't have any control over my body or I had control over nothing at that point, you know? And I just started kind of like, it was almost, I still have a hard time explaining it because I did see like uh, geometry and just all I could, the only way I can explain it is movement, but I only saw that like when I shut my eyes, when I opened my eyes, it was like I was looking through a screen door of color, if that makes sense. But I couldn't, and I was laughing too, but I was laughing like crazy, Be not because it was like a mushroom trip or I was buzzing laughing, because it was just so intense, right? Like I just couldn't help but laugh. So I think probably ruined it a little bit, but I did see kind of like, it did feel like I was about to go somewhere and I kind of saw that too. From that massive hit i took but i i didn't hold it i i blew it out right you know yeah i have, a, I have um, a friend who's done it and his experience with, with it was that they you know you guess you smoke it and you hold it like you were saying and as soon as he blew it out he basically just like left his body with yeah i believe it man it yeah 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 i think i blew it out be, i think i blew it out one because i wasn't expecting how intense it was going to be like my ears started ringing immediately and it got louder and louder you know it was just like yeah it was like this and it got louder and i was thinking oh hell i'm gonna black out right because i've heard (laughs) i heard dudes talking about taking so much they black out and i don't know like if it was too much or whatever 
And so I kind of le I leaned back in that chair right there, and Chuck was sitting right there, and I just blew it out and just tripped and laughed for a minute because it was so freaking intense. And I remember like trying to stand up, and I don't know why, because people usually lay back and chill, yeah. but I was just so freaked out that I had no control over my body that I was trying to stand up, and I felt like I was kind of paralyzed, like I was in sleep paralysis. You know, huh. it was. It's like it felt like. Have you ever been on one of those uh, centrifuges, like at the fair? Yeah. And, you know, and there's that dude in the middle just rocking and rolling, and you're, like, stuck up against the wall, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. it felt kind of like that, oh, but in a different way, you know? I, I can recall several times falling asleep and feeling, like, this shrinking, growing feeling, like, where you're, you're kind of expanding, like, your consciousness is expanding is this something you've experienced like before falling asleep yeah. is this something that you relate to or what what, what, what yeah i really understood what that was but i, I kind of thought oh well, maybe this is me you know entering the dream world well well greg doyle has a, an astral out of body course too and greg's course is all not from the sleeping state like robert monroe's but it's more of the meditative state and it's really good right and back when I was in Arkansas in the shack, I would just put my headphones on and kind of lean back in my chair, you know, and uh, just listen to it. And I remember listening to his voice and I felt that like I was expanding. And he was actually saying that, like, feel yourself expanding, see your doorway. And then the next thing I know, I, I'm standing in my doorway, right? And I was like, whoa, you know, but it wasn't the same. It was more like, kind of like slipping into the dream world but i was aware standing by my doorway now, the only other time in a chair though in that and, and mm -hmm. your astral body left your physical body and you're in your doorway your awareness is in your doorway right yeah the only other time i i, I really felt like i expanded is i do this thing on lighting the void called the astral journal where the patrons sign up and we all just talk about it and Amanda comes on there, you know, Amanda that works with the station, right? Like she comes on there sometimes and talks and we started talking, we were doing Robert Bruce's energetic stuff. Robert Bruce has this whole thing where you train your energetic body and you tease your energetic body. And after doing that, I had this thing where like I had an out of body experience, but I was blind. I swear to God, dude, it was the freakiest thing in the world. So I got I, I felt myself and I fell asleep with the lights on. So this is what's weird. I felt myself get up off the couch and I'm like, I can't see I'm blind. Right. Like, but I knew I was in my astral body and I'm feeling around like on the desk and I put my hands on my mouse. I felt like and started moving it around, but I felt kind of like this extended, like I hadn't really left my body. Almost like I was still attached to it. That's, that probably sounds weird too, but. Like it was really thick, almost like I was walking through water. And I tried to do this, what William Buhlman said, where he says awareness now and all that stuff to, so you could see, but it didn't work. And I think that happened to me because she had just got through talking about how she had had a couple of blind out-of-body experiences too. So all kinds of weird stuff happens while you're trying this, man. You know, like it's kind of chaotic actually until you start getting it together and this is kind of why like i got into magic because the more i start i studied magic the golden dawn israel regardi and what they talked about the astral body and the tree and how to scry through it 
they they taught themselves how to do this in a controlled manner but in a magical way too so if they ran into things they could test them with certain symbols or project themselves to certain places right and the more i studied this like i was telling you earlier that that's what the secret societies are all about masonry all the temples all the stuff you learn they're trying to prepare you for what you're going to see as you travel in this body you know other than balancing yourself out and the sexual forces and everything which is something that you work on before you're even supposed to do this stuff but now you know we just all play around in it because it's so popular like it's it's nothing you know now that that brings up exactly what i wanted to ask you because i feel like that's the key is before you can engage with this sort of work you have to work on yourself you have to do the inner work so where where do we begin with with that and and how is that something you know maybe the better way to ask you is what have you done in your life to improve your yourself to facilitate that energetic body and the ability to do these things well in my life it's kind of personal so i don't but i what i would say is there's a western system right and there's an eastern system so the eastern system is all based around opening up the chakras and then opening up the third eye and you know raising the kundalini forces in you and being okay with that right the western system does it in a more this is where magic come from you could call it the western system or ceremonial magic or whatever but it does it with a more practical involved approach where you're using symbolism and ceremony and activating your your unconscious through symbols and smells and and color and drama and all these things that that activate the unconscious which gets the two hemispheres of your brain to start working together which still activates these things inside you so inside of us we have these different bodies but we also have we're also made up of four elements which is you know earth fire air and water but these elements also esoterically correspond with our psyches and what makes up our lives too so you could take either approach, right? You could take the Eastern approach, open yourself up consciously that way. But the Western approach opens yourself up in a practical way and allows you to work with your psyche in a way that takes the trauma, makes you deal with the trauma that you have from childhood, but also delivers good things into your life at the same time. So you'll go through a little bit of hell, but you'll have to deal with the things that you need to deal with anyway. So for instance, like, if you're going through the earth grade or what they call the earth element and you're working through that element you're going to learn all about the earth element the literal earth element and then you're going to learn about all of what it corresponds to you and your psyche whether that's your physical body whether that's your finances your health your stability and all of those things because you your psyche and your inner child needs that right and it needs that to thrive so you can become your higher self while you're here on this earth. Same thing with water. When you go through that grade, you're working with your emotions and your astral body. Because in the astral realm, everything is triggered emotionally. And if you have emotional issues like any mommy issues or stuff, that stuff's going to come out. So you might uh, have three or four relationships that make you deal with that kind of stuff. And it all seems to be a big fat coincidence, but it's not, right? Because you're growing through it. Uh, the air elements, the same thing. So you work with how to heal and how to use your intellect better, right? And fire, you work with your desire body, your will, and, uh, you know, pretty much all the stuff that 
makes you do all the bad things in your life, but also gets you to the good places. And as you're working this out, you're, you're balancing yourself out and coming into your higher self, the most potential of who you are, not a common thing for everybody, but who you are individually. And then once you get there, then you go into the second order, which is like, they call it the, the, uh, It's just like Rose, the Rose cross stuff. And this is where you work in the astral realm, but you also work with the male and female energies inside you. Right. And using the tools that you, that you've mastered from the elemental stuff. So in the golden dawn, when you see the magician, like on the tarot card with all his tools there, that's just the beginning, man. That's just you. You've reprogrammed yourself to be your own little creator God in this world, right? Now you have a whole nother journey to go to. And they kind of shrink that stuff down in masonry. So masonry, you have three degrees. The Golden Dawn took those three degrees and really stretched them out and made a magical system out of it. And it was the first like real system of magic that worked. And the tarot that we have nowadays comes from that order. The Rider Waite tarot, that's where that, that deck comes from because all those arcana cards correspond with a path on the tree of life. So it's a whole lot, man. It's like Hogwarts or something. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like a whole lot. So for like, I don't know, maybe Mark knows more about a lot of the like uh, terminology that you're using. But for me, I'm like more of like a layman. I don't really know too much stuff. If you are just looking to get into kind of, going into your astral body do you need to do you need to perform magic and you just no on meditating and feeling your astral body out like what's man a great yeah they got you they got youtube videos now bro that you could yeah. that could get you in the astral realm right like the whole idea of high magic or western ceremonial magic is so that you don't keep reincarnating and learning the same lessons over and over again maybe I don't want to live a thousand lifetimes to master my earth element or, or this side of me, these karmic things that we keep having to come back and do. I'm willing to speed up the process. And this is what alchemy really is, is like people say, well, there's young in alchemy and then there's this kind of alchemy. Alchemy is you, man. It's you putting yourself in that boiling pot and invoking all these things that you need to do to come into your higher self so you can help not only evolve yourself, but the planet too, right? Dude, there's so much information here. It's crazy. But when you really get into studying, I would say hermetic Kabbalah or Western ceremonial magic, you will see pretty much what all of Western scripture is about. All religions, all the mystery schools, it's basically about this one thing and it should have never been hidden from us the reason why they hid it from us is because it gets a little dangerous once you start getting into the sexual forces or even the alchemical stuff that does get a little dangerous and this is kind of the whole crowley thing i was trying to tell you know sam about when i was on his show that once certain people know this stuff then they're like well you know i can just go do sex magic and it's a beautiful loving thing but you go and you find out that they're all like in swingers clubs basically you know they're just going to these places to try to find somebody to hook up with well i didn't get laid in high school i didn't get laid in college 
but now I can be a wizard and get laid. This is awesome. You know? So that's, but I'm not saying everybody's like that, but you start getting that vibe from, and it, it has nothing to do with love and why, what this thing was really about. And if you ever speak to people that have really advanced in this stuff, they have life partners. They work their stuff with, man, they're not doing this other stuff, you know? So what's so dangerous about these sexual forces? Are they, are they the, like almost how, like in control of you or like, like what makes it dangerous? Or well, when you, so when you, well, the sexual forces it runs, what you learn is it pretty much runs this whole freaking thing. Like right now, you and I are living inside of a massive orgasm, period. This is what, that's what life is. That's what life is. It's the, it's the two poles coming together, the alpha and the omega, and they've been called different things. And these two poles come together and separate, and it causes life. It does it in nature. It does it in everything. But when humans come together, they also create life, you know, but they can also use these forces to create anything because that's what love does it creates you know and if it's a, it's funny when you start realizing okay there's natural laws here there's not something above us all like this i would say this god that can change what love is no the, there's laws and love is a law you know and people use that in some of the darkest ways and for some of the most baneful ways and I'm not trying to judge. I mean, like if two people want to play around with each other and like, so they can get a car or whatever, that's fine. But if you really get into this stuff and you kind of study like what Robert Monroe saw in the astral realm, when it came to this stuff, like he saw parasitic beings with people just mangled up in it. And, you know, and that's been witnessed a few times, actually, these parasites that feed off of this kind of energy. Right. But there's also a divine part of it too. And I think it's really sad because a long time ago, I guess they thought that they could hide it from us and just treat us like we were stupid and say, well, you'd need to marry somebody and just keep it sacred. And if you don't, you're going to burn in hell. That'll, that'll make sure they don't do anything crazy, you know, but they didn't tell us why, you know, is what I'm saying. But this is all me just from my studies and this stuff and my intuition. Like, I'm still learning about this stuff myself, too. Well, what I do know is uh, that it is definitely being misused. And not all the, not everybody, but it's, it definitely is. And as far as the dangers of alchemy go, well, there, there really is physical alchemy, too. Because you'll hear people say, well, alchemy isn't like physical stuff where you go into a lab and do. Yeah, you do go into a lab and you do work with stuff. And you do work with chemicals and stuff at certain hours or certain alignments, and it can get really dangerous, man. You know, like you could, I, I can tell you that I know three people that have passed away practicing just regular alchemy, physical alchemy, you know. So, yeah, it gets pretty heady the deeper you get into it. And you're talking about like the actual, like, physical transmutation of certain materials from one to yeah. the other because you know through that macrocosm microcosm effect you kind of have a reflect you know a reflective energy right you you actually take these materials and transmute them and it has an effect on your consciousness is that why they were practicing that or were they actually yeah just trying to make so gold? 
Well, Paracelsian alchemy a long time ago before there were pharmacists, he was healing people with with Paracelsian alchemy where he would, you know, make tinctures and things like that, that at certain planetary or stellar alignments and it would heal people. But there are other operations when you get into like alchemy with metals, not plant alchemy, not spagyric, but like uh, metallic alchemy where you are trying to mess around with metals and stuff that put off fumes and chemicals and things that you bet you like, that's how Israel Regardi died because he, he inhaled what was called the black plume or this black death of smoke that you got to be careful with. He inhaled just a little bit of it and it screwed his lungs up forever. But what you're dealing with is true energetic transform um, transformation too, right? You're dealing with that. So you do see it on a finite level with the elements of the earth, but you can see it in a microcosmic level too in nature and in the universe and with the planets because the planets correspond with certain metals too and they all have a job to do. And a lot of those metals and the energies make up stuff that's in your body too. So these alchemists will, would try to do things to like cure diseases or enhance parts of their being with this stuff. Some of it worked and some of it hurt them, you know? So I would even say when someone says that they know a lot about alchemy, I would warn anybody that it's a little dangerous because even the guys nowadays that are in these hermetic societies, They've studied a lot of books and they know a lot about alchemy and spagyric alchemy is pretty much harmless plant alchemy, but they know a lot about this stuff. But what we all need to realize is the people that wrote these books were experimenting too, for the most part, you know, but they're all looking for the philosopher's stone, like the white stone. And they all argue over what that is. Well, that's your higher self. Well, that's your light body or no, it's an actual physical stone. And it's like, oh, well, what is it? You know, to me, based on what I've studied, I think it's all of the above, right? Like you can actually make a pure white stone. You can become a pure being, a star being. I know that sounds completely freaking woo woo, but I think that's what we're here to do, man, is become something higher than what we are. That's what I've you know? been saying. I mean, I've been saying that for years, but I've been saying it a lot lately because I, I think cosmic consciousness is something that I've channeled like when I talked about this stuff, even back before I even knew what a podcast was, I never felt like there was any ownership over these ideas. It was always the feeling was I'm a vessel for this. I'm a conduit for this. This is flowing through me. And I think when we do this work that you're talking about so eloquently, Joe, we find that our connection between our, our, lower self our mid self and our higher self strengthens and we're able to receive that universal energy right i mean would you agree with that yeah i mean that that yeah sure like but i'm no um i'm no holy friar when it comes to this stuff man like i i just know what works i can tell you that the elemental energies are real i can tell you that the astral bodies are real i mean that's where i'm at right now I can tell you that the sexual forces are real, but the best results, the best results comes with true love, right? Which we're all trying to find out what that is. Even when we feel it in our lives, we think we understand it, but I don't think we, I, I don't think we understand it the way we think we do. I think it's something much bigger and this is what we're trying to figure out. This podcast is an act of love. I mean, 
when you sure, learn yeah. this information and you want other people to be elevated up with you, you know, I mean, this is kind of how I feel. And maybe that's misplaced because you can't control other people or tell other people how to live your their lives. But when you look at the world, you know, I think they said like intelligence is or sadness is a byproduct of intelligence, because when you look at the world intelligently, you see there's a lot wrong with it. You know, and you yeah. just want to help people. You want to care for people. I, that's kind of where I would say love is for me. Maybe that's being self-absorbed, taking it to there. But I think, you know, or not at all. I mean, I, I think. Love I mean, if you just want to help people and stuff like that, there's nothing wrong with that. I think what where we have to be careful is 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 thinking, maybe thinking that we're more aware than other people when we don't really know that for sure. Right. Like we, we might look at animals like dolphins and say, you know, well, they're the smartest animal on the planet, but we're more aware than they are. They could be freaking way super smarter than we are, you know? And if you look at, if you look at, or more aware spiritually, and if you look, I was talking to this lady last night on the show about how they, how magical the English language is. If we were really aware of as much as we think that we was, we wouldn't like, say 90% of the shit that we say every day. We wouldn't even let it come out of our mouths because we would know the power and the spirit behind words and stuff. And, and the, and the language itself, how it's used against us. I mean, for, for example, like if you go to a doctor and they say, well, it's, you know, this is happening because your nervous system is weak or you need your nervous system is trying to level itself out. Well, just that word nervous if you hear it your conscious goes yeah okay well yeah i need to calm down and my nervous but your unconscious is hearing oh i have a nervous system and it's weak oh shit right so just the word itself it gives you like a weak feeling or a feeling of lack and there's all kinds of words like that in the english language so we don't even know that, right? Like we go out and we just start blabbing. I do that too because I'm a talk show host, right? So I just blab crap all the time and don't realize just how powerful these things are. So I don't, I don't really know that we are aware as we think we are, right? Like even the people that say they're woke or whatever, like really, like how woke are you? I mean, we don't even know the, we don't know the levels of societies and consciousness we don't know how high this can get, you know? And I think sometimes people that are the quietest, maybe that don't say shit, they might be way more aware than I am, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, they might be, I don't know. So the more I go down this road, the more questions I have. And that's why I called the, called the show like lighting the void because I don't, I don't know. Like I don't ever, it's like playing golf, man. I, I feel like as soon as I get a good series going, I got to start over and figure something else out, you know? <laughs> yeah. For any golfers out there, they'll know that reference. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, yeah, dude, I just want to par a freaking hole and you get a good series going and you're like, you feel like you know everything about golf and you got it. And then you get back up and you hook it or something again. You're like, son of a bitch, yep, you know? So back to the fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
to that, even though this is not a sports podcast. My <laughs> Joe, it's okay. You you made your one mistake there, but are you guys like so anti-sports? It's like the devil to talk about sports. No, just like just Mark, just Mark. Oh, I play uh, golf, so I get the references. <laughs> no, I was the captain of my wrestling team, so I'm not like anti-sports. But okay, just, cool. Yeah. I just have no nothing to comment or add on anything going on in sports. So anyways, back to the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Jay, what are you thinking about all this? You've been pretty quiet. I heard recently that's why it's called spelling, because words are, are magical. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I've... I recently read that, like, uh, I forget where. I think it was Reddit or something, but it was like yesterday. Uh, that came into my thinking in 2013 i think that was around the time i learned about the vortex a law of attraction right esther hicks and as cheesy as that whole thing can be at, at some points i really did change the way i spoke to myself with my inner voice and i think i wouldn't be where i am today if it wasn't for that realization of like oh wow my words are powerful and what I even say to myself that no one else hears affects who I am and how I, how my life turns out. Right? I mean, words are, are certainly powerful. Yeah, I wish I wish I had I wish I had more definitive answers for you on all this stuff. But you know, I think like, uh, this whole this whole area is a very unknown. You know, kind of like how you were talking about alchemy, where it's like you know, no, and I we will all, say, or you know. People might all study it or whatever, but you know they're always dealing with the unknown on the other side. And even if yeah, man, like there's 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 Jungian alchemy, there's spiritual alchemy, and then there's like energetic hermetic alchemy, which is the the supposedly the biggest mystery that has a lot to do with love and energy and the sexual forces. And this understanding this is supposed to be the greatest mystery that will actually transfer you into this being that will be able to move consciously after you die through starlight instead of being stuck to the lead of planets right and yeah i'm wondering how to get there because <laughs> i don't know if like i love life i think that the universe like you hear a lot of these people in the the, the all the, what is it the new age community where they're like well i can't wait to die and go to 5d and 6d and all this stuff but if you look like at the universe, it is conspiring to like make life what we're doing right now, you know? And I think it's funny that I think what's probably going to happen is after we die, it's going to loop us back around right back into, you know, come out that vesica Pisces again, or, or, you know, where, how we're born in the, in the room, which that's the symbol of it in, on earth. Right. So we're going to come right back through that thing again and not know crap because we had the second death, right? We lost our consciousness again. But the idea is not to lose that and come back. And a lot of kids are doing, there's more kids now that remember stuff than there used to be. Some of these children remember their past lives and things. So I think we're all just trying to evolve and it's going to take a lot longer than we think, you know, but I feel like magic and what we're learning about these mysteries could speed it up because if everybody learned how to be a ghost like Patrick Swayze, how much power would the government really have over you? How much power would anything have over you? If you could just pop out of your body and go check out whatever's going on, you wouldn't need the internet or Snopes anymore. You know, I'm just saying. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, I I like that. I'm very very I think you're muted, Mark. What's, oh. Am I muted? Can you No, you're me? good. You're good. I can hear you now. Okay. Jay, come on now. Oh, something's <laughs> going on, Mark. Am I am I not talking directly into my mic? What's going on? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Maybe Zoom just wasn't picking you up as talking, yes. Okay. But yeah, Joe, I think, you know, when you said you wish you had more answers for us, you're off base, man, because you definitely are providing a lot of questions and it's up to us to figure out the answers, right? Everybody has that imperative in their own life to figure out the answers that to the questions that they're asking themselves, right? And I think that's something that you've done here is helped us elaborate and understand what we should be asking ourselves like why am i not astral projecting already why can't yeah. i remember my dreams how do i become a better partner how do i become a better person how do i become a, a, a masculine and feminine balanced you know balance that energy within uh, myself do you have a, a maybe a response to that because i i know we were talking about that well, off air before and you sure really yeah like i done it yeah i did i talked to you about it off air a little bit but so this whole thing is like getting to know yourself right now the idea is is that guys have more masculine energy in them and girls have more feminine which is true for the most part right but we all have masculine and feminine energy in us right so first you have to get to know yourself which is the whole elemental walk through the elements and that teaches you about yourself and it, it's going to show you that part of yourself and then understanding magic is bringing these two forces together. You don't need a partner at to to magic, right? You this is what like ritual magic does. So if you think about the right brain or the feminine energy, which is more dramatic, creative, artistic, expressive kind of stuff, where you do the smells, the colors, and the drama of the ritual and all this other stuff. And then you have the left brain, which is more logic, masculine, formulaic, you know, draw the circle, do the, the ritual in this formula. When those two things come together, it creates, right? So it creates just like everything else and you let it go. Joe Dispenza's kind of shrunk it down to visualize, use the emotions to uh, amp it up, let it go, right? That's how magic works, like really let it go. So once you learn about yourself, then you'll... Not only, you, you won't even have to look for a partner. It'll just come to you, the right one, because some guys have more feminine energy and some girls have more masculine energy. So the, the key is, is to be authentic, authentically you. So if you learn, hey, man, I'm an emotional kind of guy. I'm not this like F it all alpha kind of guy or whatever that's indifferent about everything. Like I really... I'm an intense kind of emotional dude. And I like that kind of stuff. Well, you're going to be compatible with probably a girl that has a little bit more alpha qualities that doesn't, you know, I'm not saying she's got to be butch or anything. Right. But she's more of a go-getter type girl that is that, that loves to connect with you in that way. And there are girls like that, man, you wouldn't think there are, but there are, you know, but if you get tossed up and you don't know yourself and then you're out in the world and just just trying to date and attract whoever, it can be a real problem because you don't know yourself, right? So let's say you're um, a super masculine alpha guy and you, you're talking to this girl who's hot, but she's kind of an alpha girl. There's the magnetism in that relationship, the attractive force in that relationship isn't going to work. It's going to repel. 
you know, it may work for a little bit at first and it's going to repel and you're like, what the hell happened? Well, it's because you don't understand these forces. But once you start understanding the forces, things get like easier is what I'm saying. The more you become yourself, and I mean your higher self, not what you think you should be or what society thinks you should be or your mom or dad or your friends, what you think you should be, you will start attracting the right energies towards you. And even if they're these people or energies aren't meant to be in your life forever, they're going to grow you and you're going to grow them. It's when it's when we let everything outside of us tell us how to do, what to be, who we should be, you know, like turn that shit off. You know, that's what I say. Because if you want to be happy, man, then you don't want to struggle in that kind of stuff. You don't want to struggle with yourself. You don't want to struggle in life. And you don't want to struggle with love and relationships or health or business. And I just think, I don't think we have to anymore, man. I think we should just be who we are, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Joe, I know you're a busy guy. You got to get on with uh, your night, but the listeners. Yeah, I got to move. They'll, they'll check you out on fringe fm lighting the void is the show you host and fringe fm is not just you it's multiple different awesome shows they got crow triple seven got ryan gable they got uh, rage against the dystopia with tony merkel am i forgetting anybody i don't want to leave any yeah you got uh, jess rogie the rogie report alex exum from live talk dave cruz from beyond the strange Gigi from shift happens and then we got charlie robinson's also on there we're playing his podcast with ricky verandez yeah yeah he's in there we're just right now we're in transition so we're having to reprogram a lot of this stuff so you're not hearing the schedule as it should be but it's going to be that way and then it's just uh when we get to arizona we have some other i think you'll be surprised who they are bigger radio hosts coming on too so like i told sam and i tell you like this stuff i run this thing pretty much by myself for the most part i get help from people sometimes uh it's it's going faster than i can than i can catch up to you know well joe it's been a pleasure since i met you it's always been great talking to you we have great conversations so i want to have you back on we'll, we'll dedicate a topic you know this was kind of spur of the moment but i appreciate you coming on and next time we'll, we'll plan something out and have a have a full-blown episode but uh, thanks for joining us man i really appreciate it yeah right on it was good to meet you guys too Good to meet you, bro. And have a good All night. All right. Take care. All right, Joe. Take it easy. All right, Jay, Chris, you're still there. Don't leave. I left. What'd you think? <laughs> What'd you think what did I it? think? I'm already gone. I can't answer that question. What'd you think of the interview? It was great. I love Joe. Good. Yeah, Joe seems like a cool dude. I kind of want to, I don't know. Talking about all that astral body stuff sounds you know, <laughs> interesting, you know? <laughs> and who yeah. wouldn't want to go fly around, you know? Yeah, I just, my friend just came over today and I gave her this uh, book called uh, Guide to Lucid Dreaming or something or other. But, you know, I've had that book for a while. It's like a, kind of a pretty cool tutorial to how to lucid dream. It's just the story of my life. I give the book away right when I the day that i'm like oh maybe i can use it <laughs> but it's yeah right. i mean i'll get it back from her i think we all kind of like want to or at least there's a part of us that want to or maybe i'm just speaking for myself that just kind of like you learn about astral whatever your astral body and you want to go out in it but you want it to be like 
like instantaneous you're like mm. like all right yeah, i just want to go to sleep and just like fly up in the fucking sky or whatever but it really takes some serious work to like you know yeah get there's up no there instant and, gratification when it comes yeah. to that absolutely well yeah joe i mean joe's a great dude we talked on the phone before we set this interview up kind of spur of the moment and you can listen to him on fringe fm fringe.fm i believe is the url and his show is again lighting the void we're gonna call ron from new england ron we're calling him up hold on ron, hello ron from new england <laughs> what's going on you got a lot going on ron are you calling us from a mcdonald's playground right now no i'm calling from the fire pit and the kids are raising hell trying to uh burn their marshmallows right right to a crisp because they don't listen to Uncle Ronnie about how they're supposed to cook their marshmallows. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hanging by the yeah. fire up there in New England. We're also in New England. How are the stars tonight? Is it a clear sky, cloudy sky? Actually, it's pretty nice. Yeah? Yeah, it's pretty nice. We've been outside, had a bunch of friends over tonight. We're having a little a little cookout. We have a little fire. That reminds, around. Me, that reminds me of our past guest david matheson we got to get him back on the show and and now that it's summertime we can talk about the stars and maybe get him on your show too a wicked planet podcast How, how's yeah, that, that going, sounds Robin? good it's going good we we recorded last night so we got episode eight is out in in the books so anybody wants to hear that it's all ready to go oh yeah fantastic we love to hear yeah. that I can't yeah. wait to listen. You got a co-host on that show, don't you, Ron? Yeah, I got my co-host Buckley. All right, uh, he's, he's my he's my co-host on on shows that we're doing just him and me in the studio, or if I have anybody in the studio, you know, we kind of our, our schedules really don't mesh that well, so that's why we changed to recording on Wednesday night. Hey, hold on, you guys taking off? All right, we'll see you later. Sorry, all my friends are leaving now. Sorry, all you listeners. Oh no, Ron! Did we take you away from your party? Oh no, no, no! It's just winding down. So All right. good. All right. No, good, I, good. I saw you post and it said call in, and I'm like, I'm gonna call in. Hell yeah! Well, we're glad yeah. you did. You saved our night. I was going through quite the roller coaster today, Ron. You know, I'm trying to be the most successful podcast in the world, and that's not easy when you're on the grind and you're trying as hard as you can. And Jameson, uh, my co-host, is just holding me back in so many ways. What do you think about that, Ron? Does Buckley is he a great co-host to you, or is he a bad co-host like Jay? <laughs> is Jameson there? Hello. Yeah, hey, Jameson. Uh, hey. No, Buckley. Buckley's good. He just, you know, I told him that, you know, I wanted the show to evolve. We're going to do some video shows, maybe get on some other platforms and some stuff like that. And he doesn't seem to be too interested in doing that with me, but that's fine. I can handle that on my own. That's awesome. uh, What what do you guys like to talk about? I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the next subject we can look forward to hearing about on the Wicked Planet podcast? Anything coming down the pipe? Yeah, we've got a couple of things. We're going to try to switch gears a little bit. I, uh, you know, I mean, you know me well enough to know that I, I hit the I hit the COVID scam pretty hard, and and everything to do with the jab and try to get information out there to educate people, and and we talk about you know just basically kind of newer conspiracies like with the election, right? You know stuff like that. Rising and, gas prices crippling us right now. 
Yeah, we talked a little bit about that last night. Last night, I threw some little bit of history in, some Israel history, uh-huh. with the relationship with the Palestinians and Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran. That's uh, why I've been. Yeah. That's why I've been seeing all those memes on Instagram. Is there a connection between that and the gas crisis? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's just no. my uneducated perspective. For all transparency, mm-hmm. folks, I don't watch the news. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah, big. So- uh, there's a big, uh, like, Palestinian-Israel kind of, like, pretty much a war going on right now. They have, like, rockets. They're sending rockets over to Israel every day, and Israel has this thing called the Iron Dome, which is basically a uh, missile defense system which uh, shoots missiles out of the air. And it's pretty much just going off, like, 24 hours a day throughout the all night. And there's, uh, there's videos all over online about it right now. Wow. Yeah, you know, you know so what's going on there? is the uh, terrorist group Hamas, which is based in Gaza, which is the, one of the Palestinian kind of what I call a reservation, you know, where they put the Palestinians into, which is the one down in the southeast corner, uh, excuse me, southwest corner of Israel, uh, borders the, the Sinai Peninsula. Anyway, so Hamas is a terrorist organization that's actually backed up financially, basically everything they need from Iran. So, and, and we and we know that Iran has pledged to wipe Israel off the face of the map, right? So, so, uh, so whatever happened, you know, whatever, however the conflict happened, I'm not really sure on that yet. But they it started out with Hamas shot about 130 missiles at one whack into Israel, and what Jameson said, the Iron Dome is is exactly what he said. It's a missile defense system which is supposed to intercept any incoming missiles. And I think I think it did its job. I think maybe one or two might have got through, maybe more, because what I'm hearing now is that they shot like at least a thousand rockets into into Israel from 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 Gaza. Well, it's crazy town out there. I mean, I oh yeah, I'm in the position of political atheism at this point. And for the past few years, I've been you know news agnostic. I don't watch the news anymore. I just feel like. It's an energy vampire biting yeah. on your neck and sucking all your, you know, and I just think like maybe I'm sticking my head in the sand, but, you know, at, at least I have the mental capacity to work on what I got to work on and study the things that make my life at this point seem a little better. So you know, outside of the current events, I mean, Ron, I, I I would love to know, you know, some more about you and and how you ended up in this position because I feel like that's something that we alluded to when you were on our show the first time, and we never really got to know like the history of of Ron. So maybe you got like a story you can share with us or something. I hate to switch topics so abruptly, but I yeah, feel no, like... no, no, that's fine. And as far as you're not watching the news, you're not missing out on anything. Uh, you're going to find out more about what's going on in the world by calling me uh, because I stay I stay pretty much on top of that. And that whole Palestinian-Israeli proxy war type of deal, you know, I've been studying that for a long time. You know, because I'm a lot older than all you guys. You know, I'm, I'm you know, 57 years old. And and, and and just to give you a little backstory, like I've been in, interested in conspiracies and, you know, just weird stuff my whole life. I mean, I just I think I was born to do this. And uh, I mean, even middle school, early high, junior high school, I used to study the Mayans. I used to study Nazis. I used to study all kinds of crazy stuff. And 
And my mother was pretty supportive of that. I mean, I used to watch that show In Search Of, which which is the show that got me started. And that was Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock on Star Trek. And uh, they would start out do shows about Bigfoot, which everybody knows is a big thing for me. Aliens, you know, just all that stuff. And it's just, I've always been interested in that stuff, like my whole life. And, you know, as I got older, I would be more interested in the stuff and start learning about it more. But I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Because, you know, you try to talk to, to people about it, and, and they just think, oh, no, you're nuts. I don't want to talk to you about any of this. I don't, even, I don't even want to sit down and waste my energy listening to you talk about, you know, your hypothesis on why the Mayan Indians disappeared or whatever, which was a big thing for me. So, so, so then I would uh, get on Instagram, and I started following some conspiracy pages and stuff because I thought that maybe I would want to start kind of my own thing, maybe write a book or two, maybe do some shows, a YouTube channel or a podcast or something like that. But, you know, life just got in the way, you know, life got in the way. I, you know, I'm, I'm busy like 24 seven and I didn't just, you know, by happenstance, I got hooked Hi. up. Okay. Riley was we'll sorry, but okay. Riley, we'll see you later, but be good for Grammy. And uh, sorry about that. So it's okay. Good. Oh, you're not leaving. Okay. So so then I was interacting with Ryan from the Dangerous World, and uh, he he invited me to come on the show. Mm. And I went on. If anybody wants to hear it, Dangerous World podcast episode 42 was my first appearance. And Ryan's like, dude, I got to have you on again. <laughs> and then it just progressed. And then I was on his show a bunch of times with him and uh, Brandon. And then Joe, Jen, and Ben at Legit Bath, they had me on, and then you had me on, and it just kind of blew up from there. So, so you know, you guys you guys all got me started in this. So if anything happens, it's your fault. <laughs> well, you know, I, I one thing stuck out there, your interest in UFOs. I also share that interest. I think since I was a kid, I've been fascinated with any type of, you know, movie, TV show, but especially when I started finding, like, the, the – ufo encounter type stuff you know it's one thing to see like a movie where you know it's fictional but when you're a kid and you see like something like that uh, what's the one in pennsylvania that fell the kecksburg yeah the kecksburg object and then that rumored that was rumored to be the nazi belt that's true yeah there is that association with it and then but i i will say you know that's pennsylvania but up in new hampshire where you're from there's quite a lot of ufo activity am i am i correct there yeah yeah and it's funny that you bring that up so so we have a lot of ufo activity here in new hampshire and there's actually a couple of sites you can go on and you can you can kind of cherry pick the sightings that go into a big database and that's not just for new hampshire i mean i think it's it's not part of mufon it might be affiliated with mufon or whatever but but it's funny that you say that because this coming our next episode we're going to be talking about alien encounters and UFO sightings in New Hampshire. So it's going to be a really interesting show. Uh, we have right. we have some famous ones here. We have some famous encounters here. Yeah, that's an interesting synchronicity right there. Yeah, look at that. Well, listen, folks, if you want to check that out, you know where to find it. The Wicked Planet podcast. Ron, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate your words. And uh, you got any words of wisdom to leave folks with? I'm sure people aren't happy that they're spending more money than ever in the past five years at the gas pump. Probably people are worried about, you know, all these videos they're seeing of Joe Biden saying get vaxxed or stay masked. I mean, leave us with some words of wisdom, Ron. Yeah. 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 You know, the thing is, Mark, I mean, I mean, he's just showing his ineptness right now. I mean, you know, we had gas, you know, under two dollars until Joe 
became the president or however he did, which I think is totally a fraudulent deal, which, you know, I, I think a lot of people that are listening probably would be in agreement with that. But now he's coming out with these, so you have a choice. Here's the new rules. You're either going to get vaccinated or you're going to wear a mask forever. So, you know, that ain't going to happen. There's going to be plenty of pushback on that, for sure. And just everything that he says really makes no sense. He can't answer questions. He can't do press conferences. And I think uh, people are getting worn out with that. I think people are getting upset. Even the people that voted for him are getting upset. And now come to find out this whole pipeline ransomware thing, now we're hearing that he had the government pay the ransom. So, you know, so really? they get the wow. pipeline turned back on. So I get a look. So he negotiates with terrorists. Very, very interesting. Well, Ron. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, just before we get off, listen, there was some COVID relief bill that sent money to Palestine, which, which in actuality ended up going to Hamas. So the American taxpayer probably paid. Now, I'm not saying this for sure because I'm still looking into it, but I believe that the American taxpayer paid for those missiles that are being launched from gaza into israel right now oh yeah uh could well, be another makes... conspiracy but but i'm looking into it uh, you know just tell every people you know just 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 think of your family you know you know uh get yourself prepared in case something happens uh and just try to remain positive that's the biggest thing remaining positive get rid of that negativity negativity is like the worst thing you can do oh so yeah stay, yeah yeah so stay positive people uh, and if you want some positivity, come and listen to the Wicked Planet podcast and, and let me know what you think. Boom. Love it. Ron, you are a gentleman. You're a scholar. You're a wise sage. We appreciate you being on the show. And we're going to have you back on more often, Ron. Don't Hey, worry. that sounds great, Mark. You You're know, part I'm of the family. Anytime. Yeah, anytime, anytime. And I you just know, want- I got to say, Ron, you know, we didn't, I don't think we've ever given you a shout out for being a patron, but. Shout out to you for being a patron of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We actually just got our first international patron today. Nice. Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of us, you know, and it's not a lot of money, but if everybody pitches in and helps us, I haven't started a Patreon yet. Something I was going to talk to you about. We will on a later date here. Uh, but, but, you know, support the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. There's a lot of other good ones out there. And I mean, you could do it for cheap money. Thank and you, if people, if, yeah, if people like our shows and people like your show, or whatever, it just shows a little support, right? Absolutely. It's not like it's not like you're asking for people to give you hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know, three dollars, two dollars, five dollars, whatever. It all adds up at the end of the month because all this stuff costs money, you know. Right. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I know you just bought a whole bunch of new equipment, and I know that stuff isn't cheap. So, so get out there, support my family. Thinks I'm crazy. Thank you so support much, Ron. The Wicked Planet Podcast. Absolutely. Ron. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, everybody take care. What's happened, you bad motherfuckers? It's a beautiful day to be alive. It's Thursday. That's right. It's Thursday. And we just talked to Ron Hell from yeah. England. Jay, your thoughts? Oh, Ron. Such a good friend. Gotta love Ron, man. You gotta love Ron. Mark is bananas. Crazy. Okay, this guy's losing his mind. I'm Don't listen crazy to him. For feeling. So lonely. Follow us on patreon.com slash mftic. That's patreon.com slash mftic. Oh!